You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Well, good morning, Real Life family. How are you guys doing? Good? You guys don't own a camper, huh? You're not a family camp. That's too bad. I wish I did too. No. Uh, excited to be here today. My name is Josh Gray. I'm the executive pastor here at Real Life. And uh, I get the privilege of uh, speaking on our fourth mountain in our, um, in our Taking Your Mountain uh, series. So just a recap and a review. If you missed anything, they're all online. Uh, first week, Marty spoke. It was awesome about family. If you missed that one, you want to go back and catch that. Uh, just the way that he brought out direction, uh, correction, and protection, and how that flows uh, as we take our mountains uh, with a family. Please go back and view that one. The second week, some guy spoke on church. I heard it was great. Um, but uh, he, uh, no, I spoke on church. And, and really, what is the church? And the church is more than a building. It's more than chairs. It's more than stained glass. It's more than crosses on a building. But we are the church. And so how we are working and functioning out in the community says a lot about who God is. And so we talked about that. And then last week, uh, Marty got to preach on uh, education. And that was fantastic. And where we fit in the mountain of education and what we're supposed to do. And then since everybody's gone, I get the easy privilege of preaching on government. Thank goodness there's nothing happened this week that would make this a sensitive topic where I could offend uh, thousands of people here, right? And so um, really I I have uh, wrestled uh, greatly this week um, as I think about government and the mountain of government and my view and attitude towards uh, the government and the past currently, all those things. And as God was kind of working things through me, um, which I'll be giving you the privilege of having that stuff uh, for the next week. Um, I had to rewind back, and he took me all the way back to what I am. Before I'm a husband, before I'm a father, before I'm a son, before I'm an American, and I'm a proud American. Um, before I'm whatever party I am, Green Party, Republican Party, Democratic Party, Reform Party, Working Families Party, um, name it. If you have more parties, we could party. No, uh, lots of options, libertarian, independent, all that stuff, right? Before I am that, I am part of the Christ-following party. Right? And so that should color the way I view all of these mountains. And that should color the way that I interact and, and talk about and function in the government. And so I wanted to break this sermon down into three little parts that God has been working on with me. Um, and the first part we're going to talk about is God's part. And this is fairly easy to say, and I'm going to uh, Bible slap you with a bunch of verses that is going to say how awesome God is, because he is. Right. Um, let's think about how we're walking that out when we dive into this. So the first piece of this, taking your mountain, is God is still, and always has been, in control. God is still, and always has been, in control. Regardless of our little tiny government, 
and who's in the White House or who isn't in the White House, regardless of what years it is, he is still in control. And even hundreds and thousands of years prior to that, the Lord is still in control. And if as a Christian, if, you're that, if that follows into your vertical alignment that I'm, a, I'm part of the following Christ party first before the, all these other things that I am, that should color how we interact and how we function. And so we have Proverbs 21. One, we'll dive right in. So God is, always has been, and still is in control. In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water. Lots of kings. Lots of people that are in power. But in the Lord's hands, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels towards all who pleases him. God is in control. Ezra 6.22, for seven days they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread because the Lord had filled them with joy. By changing the attitude of the king of Assyria. Sounds like a lot of control. So that he assisted them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. Isaiah 44, 24. This is what the Lord says. Your redeemer who formed you in the womb. Lots of control there. I am the Lord, the maker of all things, who stretches out the heavens and who spreads out the earth by myself because he's in control, who foils the signs of the false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited of the town of Judah. They shall be rebuilt and of their ruins, I will restore them who says to the watery deep, be dry, and I will dry up your streams. Who says to Cyrus, he is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt and of the temple, let its foundations be laid. Even over and through and with Cyrus. God is in control. Daniel 2, 20, 22. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. Wisdom and power are his. Are wisdom and power this party or this party or this party or this party or this thing? Who is wisdom and power? Who has it? God has it. He changes times and seasons. Wow. Feels like we've gone through changes of times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. Who does that? He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. I go on. We have hundreds of, hundreds of pieces of text about showing God's power. And that God is in control. And I can read those till I'm blue in the face, and I should let it all fall upon me. But how do I act? Towards your government, 
today, tomorrow, 10 years ago, five years ago, 100 years ago, do you act like God is in control? Do you act like you're part of the Christ-following party first? So I believe that God's going to do his part. I believe he's always going to do his part, whether I agree with it or not. I need to start acting like it. Josh Gray does. I don't know about you, but I do. So there's God's part. What about our part? If God's going to do his thing, how are we going to do ours? What does that look like? So God has got this. He is in control. We are to conform to the image of our God. Jeremiah 29. This is the text of a letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests to the prophets and to all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. One of the versions I was reading said deported. I was like, oh, let's not use that one. <laughs> you know, my, my, my uh, dad talked to me about three different things. Side note, step side. Three different things. He said, you're pretty safe in your discussions if you don't talk about religion politics, and sex. So we're going to only violate a couple of those rules today <laughs> on a public stage. So the, these folks are deported. They are, uh, let's skip to verse four because I don't want to read all the names, but this is a letter and they're, they're exiled into Babylon, a place they don't want to be under a ruler who they don't want to be under. Have you ever been in a place you didn't want to be under a ruler that you didn't want to be under? Don't raise your hands. We're not, we're not taking sides here. We're just straight up. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those that I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. I want you to build houses and settle down. But wait, I don't want to be here. I was forced to go here. I don't like that leader. Yeah, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in, in their number. Do not decrease. Whoops. I guess we're going to talk about all three. No. <laughs> I know it's in there. Surprise. Right? Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Interesting. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Prosper in that uh, text there is, is the word shalom. We talk about bringing order to chaos. So when you're in a place you don't like, maybe you like it, but maybe if you're under a leader you don't like, you are to bring peace and order 
to chaos. You are to be looking out for the well-being of your fellow person around you. We read this a couple weeks ago uh, in Scripture, First Timothy. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayer, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Well, that's good. For everybody. Thank goodness. For kings. And all those in authority. How does that feel? How do you like being in prayer and intercession for the people that are in authority over you in our government? That we may live peaceful and quiet lives. That we may shout our opinions out on Facebook. That we may mock and make fun of people who don't think like us. That we may, may laugh at the late night talk show jokes that they start bashing somebody on whatever side. That we would support that. That we would look at other people as less than because they don't think like I think. Oh, did I miss that in the subtext there? I think, I don't, oh, maybe it wasn't in there. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives. Now, that doesn't mean to not have an opinion. You know, I was talking to two different people this week who are probably on two different sides of, of the fence who were equally passionate and heartbroken about things that were going on. How are we taking care of God's people? That we may live uh, peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. How do we please God our Savior? We live peaceful and quiet lives. Now, again, that doesn't mean to be quiet and not have an opinion because we need to engage in this mountain. It's good to have the followers of Christ party uh, in, in office somewhere. Local, state, federal, all of those levels, right? You should engage if you're called there. You should engage. We need you there. And if you're not called into a political office, let's talk about how we're treating people. So we are to conform to the image of God in all of our circumstances. So we have God's part. We believe God's going to do their part or his part. We have our part that we're supposed to settle down, that we're supposed to be seeking the well-being of our community, right? That we are to live peaceful and quiet lives. We're going to care. We're going to be involved, but we're not going to just throw tomatoes. We're not going to just get the megaphone and start yelling at people, right? So what about their part? That's interesting. Let's talk about their part. First of all, who is though this infamous they? Who are those people? You know those people. They. The people who don't think like you, act like you, walk like you, talk like you. They. Look around the room. Like literally, look around. You're looking at they. The, you are the they. Not everybody in here thinks the way that you think. Not everybody in here voted the same way you voted. But I hope that you're all part of the, the followers of Christ's party. Right? And I hope that you think about when you're connecting with folks, are you reacting to things about our government? Or are you responding? Because there's a difference. My reactions are not great. 
My thought out responses with active listening and caring about the other person seem to move, the, move this along quite a bit farther. Amen? Amen? So do we react or do we respond? And so I urge you as you're looking about God's part that we believe he's going to do his part, that he's in control, that our part is we were created in the image of God, right? And the we and they and their part is all of us because we all are a they to somebody. We all are a those people to somebody else. But God calls us to be connected, to take care of his prized possession. And what, who is his prized possession? You are. You know, I think about this as an example uh, as we were going over in our sermon club. I think about Billy Graham. And uh, he was a spiritual advisor and just think about, let's just, let me give you the names of the people that he was a spiritual advisor for, who maybe thought differently and acted differently than he did, well, or the same. President Truman, President Eisenhower, President Kennedy, President Johnson, President Nixon, President Ford, President Carter, President Reagan, President Bush number one, President Clinton, W, President Bush number two, Obama, President Obama. He was a spiritual advisor for that long. On his knees, praying for our leadership. People who thought vastly different and implemented vastly different policies than maybe he did or didn't agree with. But yet he's still there. Pretty good example of how we might engage with our community. John 13, 34 and 35. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another, and by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Amen. As we get ready for communion, go ahead, and if you're serving communion, if you could go back there and do that. We're going to hold it all together. Um, we do this every week. It's a time to reset. And I know this week might have been uh, an exciting week for you when you think about government. We reset and we come to the table. You don't have to belong to any political party or any of that stuff to, to come to the table of the Lord. You need to be part of the Christ-following party. So as we have an open table here, we encourage you to hold this until we all um, take it together. But I want to go over some of the implications that God gave me this week and see if you want to try them on this next week. Implication number one. Do you trust that God has his hand in your government? No matter when it is, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, today, do you trust that God's got this? And if you do trust that God's got this, how are you interacting with your government and how are you acting towards it? Number two, no matter what government is over us, we are still called to seek the well-being for our community. We are here for the widows, aliens, and orphans. We are here to be engaged and involved in serving and loving of all parties. Number three, how are you praying 
for your governing authorities. At some point in your life, you may have prayed that somebody would leave. You may have prayed that some, something not great would happen to somebody. You may have prayed. But the point of it is, is back in 1 Timothy, you are, we are to be in prayer and supplication for our, for our leaders. And are you doing that? Not just at the high levels. Are you doing it at the local levels? Are we praying for the mayor in the city that you're from or that you live in? Are you praying for the, the councils? Are you praying for those folks? Because we do want God's hand in stuff. Because when God's hand is in stuff, things prosper. We do have peace. We do have shalom. So if that's your role, are you there, are you there responding well? And it's okay to disagree, right? We don't have to all think the same. God didn't build us to all think the same. But how are you disagreeing? Amen. Praying. All right. We should start doing that, right? Uh, th- uh, fourth one. My own. You can personalize this for yourself. But my own political agenda is not more important than God's prized possession. Amen. It's not. For Facebook friends, you don't see me liking or con- even things I do like or I think are funny. I do not need to megaphone it out to the world because not everybody thinks the way that I think. And God built them that way. And they're not dumb. It's not that they don't get it. If only they knew. If they're just, they could just see it my way. No, they see it differently sometimes. But they are still God's prized possession. And I would be very, very careful. I need to be very, very careful about how I'm treating God's prized possession, which is all of you and you to each other. Who's the author of division? Not the math kind. Right? Who's, the, who's the author of, who wants us as divided as we possibly could be? Who wants us fighting and being fractured within the church, outside of the church, on all of these mountains that we're talking about? Who wants chaos? Who wants people to think lower of, of God's prized possession? I don't think he does. And I think there was an ultimate sacrifice of unity. And so as we enter into our time of communion here, the Lord is sitting there at the table and he holds up the bread because he wants people to be unified. And he says, this is my body. Take it and eat. Be part of the unification. Let's unify. And then he took this cup and he said, drink from it, all of you. Everybody, all right? This is my blood of the covenant. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just ask that um, you continue to have your hands over this body, that we are part of the Christ followers party first, that we value what you value. That we help me react, uh, respond better, not just react. Lord, fill our communities with peace. Let us continue to seek the well being of others, Father. 
We want to please you, Lord. Lord, if that pleases you, let us do it well, Father God. Lord, I pray that this, these words today uh, came upon everybody in the right way, Father God. I'm not here to offend. We want to, to unite. Lord, we believe you're going to do your part. Help us do our part. And Lord, we know we're the theys and those. Let us treasure your, your, your prized creation. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Real Life. If you'd like more information on who we are, what's happening in our church, and how you can get involved, visit us on Facebook and Twitter, and visit our website, liferotp.com.